Welcome to the Championing Life Podcast, helping you to discover your inner champion in your own life. Together, we are sharing our trials and triumphs and how we can use moments of defeat to fuel our next comeback. I am your host, Shelby Lentz, singer, songwriter, entrepreneur, and living by the mantra of the great Rocky Balboa. When I was diagnosed with a life-threatening disease at just 20 years old, rather than falling victim to it, I decided to become a champion for Huntington's disease by starting my own nonprofit. Here, we break down barriers, share both our success and our struggles, while also shifting our mindsets to overcome adversity. Life is tough, but baby, so are you. All right, you guys, today we are going to dive into the more vulnerable side of this show. We like to cover everything, and that includes the harsh realities of things that we deal with externally and internally. One of those is failure and rejection, two words that probably you don't like thinking about, you avoid at all costs, um, which is totally natural. Um, But who here has ever felt like they were a quote-unquote failure or struggled with facing another quote-unquote rejection? I say quote-unquote because sometimes what we interpret to be failure or rejection is really subjective. That's probably also a rhetorical question because any of you listening right now clicked onto this podcast for a reason. So I'm just going to assume we have all been there. And if you haven't, you're you're lying. <laughs> you're lying. No one is that perfect. Um, but is there a specific time that comes to mind when you worked for weeks, months, or maybe even years for a specific goal, a specific moment? And then you didn't see it come to full fruition and that moment when it doesn't happen the way you wanted it to go. I was recently baptized and my goal is to dedicate my first hour of every morning. Again, I'm not perfect, but (laughs) uh, the first hour of every morning I have to Jesus with the word. Um, My two favorite podcasts I've been listening to right now are Transformation Church and Elevation Church. So this morning specifically, I was listening to Pastor Stephen Furtnick. I hope I'm saying that right. And I got goosebumps when he said the following. The things God has done got me and the places he has taken me are so far from where I started in my life. I know that it had to be him. Even those people who mistreated me, God was using their hands to get me where I needed to be. Joseph even told his brothers, while you meant to hurt me, God meant for it to grow me. Even what they did or did not do for you had to pass through God's hand. And that is so powerful. You can literally apply it to every single aspect of your life. But that last line really just resonated with me. Even what they did or did not do for you had to pass through God's hands. So every time you experienced heartbreak, failure, rejection, that was a part of God's plan. And I'm not saying it's always pretty or that it doesn't come with pain, but it's a part of God's plan. And that's at least got to give you peace in those moments where you feel like the world is crumbling or you can't understand your purpose. Just remember it had to pass through God's hand. I bet for a lot of us, we remember these moments like it was yesterday because of the time 
energy and commitment that we put towards that one specific moment, that one goal. And we remember that frustration and disappointment when it didn't happen. Um, For me, I have so many different examples um, that come to my mind. A lot of my passions, the things that I've been doing throughout my entire life, well, you know, let's be honest, not almost all of them. All of them are subjective. They're so subjective. Uh, Before I ever got into even music and pageants, I did competitive cheerleading for an entire decade. Uh, You guys know I'm a singer and songwriter, so constantly trying to push myself in those avenues. I used to do theater and musical as a kid, and I have been competing in the Miss America pageant, our organization, for the past decade. All of those are subjective, and honestly, you can apply this to everything, even in things that might seem a little bit more objective. For example, uh, you know, sports that have actual scoring, like, you know, a football, we go, oh, they got a touchdown, X amount of points, but there's still a referee, there's still, there's still room for error, there's still room for subjectivity. I remember those moments so vividly when our team didn't make it out of regionals. Or when I was told by my high school choir director, I didn't get a lead in the musical. When The Voice and American Idol both rejected me three different times. I have to laugh it off. I low-key brag about it because how many people can say that they've done each one three times and been rejected every single time? Um, But even though I'm able to poke fun at it now, the first time I remember I went to American Idol, I was 15 years old. So this is nine years ago, guys totally different human being, Um, you know, teenager going through all the angst, emotions, awkwardness. I know teenagers don't seem to go through awkward stages anymore, but let me tell you, they were real when I was a teenager. I had the braces, the glasses, all the acne, all the really awkward fashion sense styles that I thought were cute that probably really aren't. (laughs) But I was so sure I was going to be the next American Idol. And at 15, it felt like my world and dreams were absolutely shattered. Most recently, what comes to my mind is Miss Michigan. As I just said, I've been competing in Miss America for 10 years. When I was 15, I stepped on the stage for the first time. Super awkward teenager, like I said. I still will never forget that moment because it was my first one. I had tripped in my evening gown. I tripped walking into my interview and told the judges that this was my first time wearing heels and to bear with me because I am a classic klutz. And of course they laughed, um, but I was authentic to myself. And that first moment that that pageant where I was totally messing up everything, I happened to win it somehow. And it just put me on this trajectory to still be in the organization and to see the growth I've had in the past 10 years. Um, But my mom, even before I competed, had a history of competing at locals and volunteering. So when I was really little, like four years old, I would go to Miss Michigan with her. I started going every single June. And I was much more feistier and sassier back then. I think I probably had a lot more confidence at four years old than maybe I have in the past uh, as I aged. But I would always tell everyone I was not only going to be Miss Michigan, but I was going to be Miss America. Yes, that was Shelby at four. (laughs) Well, flash forward to 2020. I am supposed to be going on stage for what would have been my fifth year at Miss Michigan and COVID-19 hits were put on a hiatus. And now one year of waiting to go on the Miss Michigan stage turned into two years of waiting. 
So the emotions were already heightened for every single girl stepping on that stage this June because whether or not they wanted to be Miss Michigan, they had been waiting for this moment to compete for 24 months during a pandemic, during loss. I lost my sister to juvenile Huntington's. Other people lost their family members to COVID or cancer or whatever it it might be or just the loss of life before COVID, maybe loss of a job. We all were experiencing so many emotional changes and it was just heightened the moment that we stepped on that stage so in this past june of 2021 this was officially my fifth time walking on the miss michigan stage as a miss contestant and you guys the first three years i went to miss michigan i never even placed i will never be able to fully explain to you or replicate what it was like to stand on stage Hope that they would call your name for the top 10 because every single girl's on stage, you're holding hands, they call 10 girls to step to the front of the stage, they wave, the curtain closes. And in that moment for three years in a row, I went, wow, I didn't make it. And it was crushing to not hear your name. It was a sucker punch right in the gut. In 2019, I was fortunate enough to finally have my name called into the top 10 But that same gut moment happened when I didn't hear my name called into the top five. This past June, I was blessed with being the fourth runner up to our Miss Michigan, uh, Vivian Zong. Vivian, if you happen to be listening to this or for anyone who is listening and doesn't know Vivian, go check out her page, the Miss Michigan account. Uh, There's so many of us who want to be Miss Michigan and would make incredible Miss Michigans and I'm gonna get into that in a moment but I'm still so happy for Vivian and she's gonna do an incredible job she already is two months in but we're excited for her and her journey to Miss America but it's still it's still it's still heartbreaking because there's so many of us who want this dream job and after five years of trying I finally made it into the top five in place but I would be lying to you if I didn't say I was heartbroken not walking away as Miss Michigan, especially knowing I only have one more year to go back. I had never had a more perfect performance in all the years I'd competed. And of course, all these questions started formulating in my head. Why not? What didn't I do right? Why wasn't I good enough? Again, I'm like air quoting these, you can't see. Um, But this is my self-doubt and the enemy playing with my emotions because At the end of the day, it's not about what I don't have or what I don't possess. It's about timing. And that's probably the hardest lesson to learn is to trust in the time. Commonly, we're left with all these questions when the outcome doesn't go as we had expected or hoped for. And that's natural. It's valid. But sometimes it isn't about the overall outcome. It's about the work that's being done within us every time we are told no. And I don't just mean verbally told no, like no, (laughs) but when you're emotionally told no or with all of the work you've put in, you're told no. Every time you face failure or rejection, you learn so much more about yourself than you ever would have learned if God would have just simply given it to you. And again, that doesn't mean that you're you're not worth it or that you haven't You don't deserve it, but it's not your time. And sometimes it takes being on the outside of that situation, even years later, to be able to reflect on that and connect the dots. And what hurts like hell in the moment 
might be a part of your calling and your overall plan. It hurt when I didn't make it on American Idol. It hurt when I didn't make it on The Voice. But knowing so much more about myself and just about the intensity of the music industry and Hollywood as a whole now, that could be an entire other segment. (laughs) There's a lot of scary things that go in on in Hollywood and in these industries. I could have been signing myself up for a terrible deal, not only contractually, but just emotionally being so vulnerable and so young. These horror stories that I've heard of people who've won these types of shows and then are tied to these terrible, terrible deals is crazy. But when you're watching the show and you're young and you're hopeful, you don't think about these things. (laughs) Or just simply not having control over their careers or their music long term. I mean, even look at Taylor Swift. We we all think Taylor Swift like can't be touched, but she's had her own issues in this crazy crazy music industry. Being too young to know who you are and being put into fame and stress at such a young age especially can wreck a soul, a spirit, a dream. And at 15 I had no idea who I was. At 24 I'm still trying to figure it out. And now, looking back, I most likely would have been put into the wrong hands. I'm so blessed I have a strong mama, and she probably wouldn't have let that happen (laughs) to the best of her ability, but I'll never forget being a young kid and just ooing and eyeing over all of these child stars and telling my mom, why can't I audition for Disney Channel or Nickelodeon? I want to be singing. I want to be acting. I want to be performing. Again, this is Shelby at like seven years old, and my mom kept telling me, not until you're older not until you're older. And it felt like a punishment. Like, why, mom? You know I'm you know I'm good. You know I'm talented. You know that I have what it takes. But I couldn't wrap my brain around the fact that not everyone has the best intentions for me and that my calling takes time. At 24, I can tell you my morals and having control over my image, my music, that means more to me than necessarily being the next American Idol. If God would have sent me to even Miss America at 19 when I so, so badly wanted him to, I wouldn't have been ready for that literally once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. You only get to go to Miss America once. I was just in the midst of dealing with my own diagnosis with Huntington's disease, uh, my family's diagnosis, and I was so empty and depressed. Yes, I always wanted to be Miss Michigan for the scholarship, the opportunity to go back to school um, and to impact lives like title holders did when I was a young kid and just uh, gazing over them in amazement when I was young. But at 19 and being at Miss Michigan, I almost wanted and needed the crown more so to fill a void that I had in that moment. To tell myself that I was in fact worthy of the crown, that I had a purpose. But at 24, five years later, I can reflect and say, oh my goodness, I was not ready. Did I know that at the time? No, absolutely not. But God did. And what I thought felt like a failure at that time was God setting me up for his path and for me to discover my worth and my greatness in his timing, not mine. I know now at 24th that my worth has to come from within myself and within my faith in God before anyone else is going to believe it and see it. And that is a lesson that has taken me 24 years to learn. 
a lesson that I'm still trying to grasp onto. I will literally never forget crying out to my mom and feeling like I was, again, a failure. Because after two years of being at my dream school, Belmont University, in my dream city of Nashville, Tennessee, pursuing my dream career of being an artist, singer, songwriter, performer, I all of a sudden was making the really hard decision to leave and return home to my local university because my dad and my sister and myself were just diagnosed with Huntington's and my dad was being put on disability. My sister being diagnosed with juvenile Huntington's, um, the pediatric form of Huntington's, it's so much more aggressive, even more rare than Huntington's already is. So she was quickly declining the moment that she was diagnosed, even prior to then, but we saw it exponentially once she was diagnosed being home allowed me to be at the hospital with her every single day in between my classes and I couldn't emotionally or financially afford to return to Belmont even spiritually I was terribly lacking there was a time and uh, I actually talked about this in a previous episode with my dear friend and former roommate Sydney Weedock um you can go listen to our episode and uh, hear more about it. But um, my mom had actually told Sydney and me later on that she wanted to come pick me up from school at Belmont before my sophomore year was even over because I was too emotionally and spiritually drained and depressed that my mom was actually worried I might do something tragic. And that was a low point, my lowest of lows. And what I thought was a failure again at the time was setting me up for one of my greatest accomplishments of my life. If I would have never been diagnosed with Huntington's, if my family had never been diagnosed, and I would have never made the tough decision to move back home, I would have never started my nonprofit Champions for HG. I would have never helped over 50 families and raised nearly $40,000 as an organization. I would have never wrote my children's book, Brave Brianna. I would have never had the opportunity to speak in nearly a dozen states at conferences, performances, and news outlets about Huntington's, my family, my nonprofit, and why we need change and hope. And most importantly, I would have never been able to be at my sister's side while she battled this disease. And I know I would have regretted that if in those final moments, the final years, I wasn't by her side. So was Western Michigan University my dream school? No. No, it was not. I will never forget graduating and saying I want to be as far away from home as possible. I want to be independent. I don't have any disrespect towards this school, but everyone goes there. Everyone in my family went there. I want to be different. I want to be independent. I want to learn to fend for myself. And I did in those two years I was at Belmont, even though they they were short. I didn't finish those full four years. But it did allow me to be fully present with my sister at her side. And that's, that's more important to me. And I would go through it all again and never change a thing. All of that was shaped by one moment where it felt like a failure and that God had given up on me. But God had to let me find my inner champion, my inner strength through my most difficult storm and chapter where I almost gave up in order to be the person that he called me to be. It's God's timing, not mine. 
It's God's will, not mine. It's God's plan, not mine. Jeremiah 29, 11, one of my favorite verses says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and to not harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. So what I want to leave with you and challenge you with is this. The next time you're feeling defeated and weak, know that this is just one moment that could be preparing you for so much more. What if the exact same thing that you are trying to run from and avoid, that pain that you're trying to resist, is the same thing that is going to create you to be exactly who God designed you to be, who you are destined to be. Thank you so much for listening to the Championing Life podcast. Be sure to leave us a review and take a screenshot to post on your story so that we can shout you out and thank you for listening. You can follow the show at Championing Life or me at Shelby underscore Lentz, L-E-N-T-Z on all social media. Be sure to check out our website, championinglife.com. I'll see you in the next one.